This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, Episode 21. In today's show, I'm going to be talking about depression. I'll share some wonderful essential oils and methods of use that can really help ease the symptoms of depression. And finally, I'm going to share a bit about my own personal struggle with the black dog. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hello, everyone. Today is February 4th, 2016, and I am so happy to be here. I love doing this podcast. My name is Liz Fulcher, and I'm a clinical aromatherapist and a 25-year veteran of aromatherapy and the use of essential oils. And I'm your humble host for this podcast. I have a school called the Aromatic Wisdom Institute.com, and I offer live classes, and pretty soon I'll be offering a, a number of online classes. So for those of you who have been asking, hang in there. It's coming. All right. Before I get into today's topic of depression, I wanted to give you an update to last week's podcast where I interviewed Angela M.K. and Christina Bauer about their movie. They are, These are two executive producers for an upcoming aromatherapy documentary called Uncommon Sense. Christina and Angie have been running this crowdfunding campaign in an effort to raise funds so that the film can manifest. And it's going pretty well. I would love to see it go a little faster because they are working with a deadline. They have until the end of February to raise $60,000. The current number is $26,274 have been raised by 314 people in 17 days. So it's about 45% funded. Their goal is $60,000. Without $60,000, it can't fly at all. They just, they can't do the film. It's the minimum they need for all of the expenses. There are 15 days left. If you haven't yet contributed, if you have any interest at all in essential oils or aromatherapy and seeing it being elevated to a new level of professionalism, I really invite you to go to the page the Uncommon Sense page, and even give $5, whatever you can. Um, the link is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Uncommon Sense Movie. And Sense is spelled S-C-E-N-T-S. And I'll put that all in the show notes. Don't forget, there are great perks. You can you can buy a lot of aromatherapy courses and products and wonderful things at a big discount. And every penny that you spend will go toward production costs for the film. So let's really put our money where our mouth is. We really want people to take us seriously as aromatherapists. Let's put out a serious film. Okay, let's talk about depression. Please bear in mind as you listen to today's podcast that I am not a physician. I'm not a psychiatrist, and I'm not offering any medical suggestions. Also, please understand that essential oils and aromatherapy cannot cure clinical depression. What aromatherapy can do is offer a lot of comfort, a lot of emotional support, and help address and even lessen some of the really uncomfortable sensations that we get in our bodies from depression. 
so a good place to start is to kind of give a definition of depression. What do I mean when, I, when I'm talking about depression in this podcast? Well, first of all, I'm not talking about, oh my gosh, it's the last season of Downton Abbey. I'm so depressed. You may be really sad about that, but that's not what I'm talking about. When people say, I'm so depressed, usually they're not. It is, um, they're feeling bad, they're having a bad day, they're disappointed, but they're not really depressed. True depression is an illness, and it's an illness that affects the brain. There are a lot of factors that can contribute to the onset of depression. There, there's still a lot of debate about what exactly causes depression, but a lot of the factors that can contribute uh, to the onset of depression are genetics, changes in hormone levels because hormones are chemicals in the brain and we're talking about a disruption or a poorly functioning brain chemistry, certain medical illnesses, stress, grief, substance abuse. Uh, continued stress is a big one and I think that that's a, a common reason why a lot of people are depressed in this day and age because of the chronic stress which does start to affect, affect the chemistry in your brain. So in a nutshell, You've got kind of two triggers that can bring on depression, chemical and hormone imbalances and situational triggers. So a situational trigger would be like you lose your job, you get a divorce, death of a loved one. And for some people, depression is just temporary. They just have an episode and, and it's over. For other people, it is a constant struggle. It's important for us as aromatherapists to really understand the symptoms of depression because that is really what we're going to be looking at addressing with our essential oils and our holistic modalities. So depression usually affects your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors, and really your overall physical health. So here are some of the most common symptoms. Feelings, feeling sad, feeling hopelessness, guilt, moodiness, angry outbursts, and then a general loss of interest in anything that was previously interesting to you. Loss of interest in friends, family, loss of interest in sex, loss of interest in your hobbies, your favorite activities, loss of interest in your work. Very often people have a really hard time concentrating and making decisions and even remembering things when they're in, uh, in the depths of a depression. And the tendency is to withdraw. So withdrawing is very common and uh, missing work, school and other commitments like that. And the physical problems, tiredness, lack of energy, wanting to sleep all the time, unexplained aches and pains, changes in your appetite. So some people can't stop eating, so they, they gain a lot of weight. Some people don't want to eat. They lose their appetite and they have weight loss. And then changes in sleep, sleeping too much or too little. So those are the common symptoms of depression. All right. So we've looked at, we've talked about what it is and what are some of the symptoms. So I am going to share with you now about my depressive episode that I had in 2015. And I'm going to share with you how I got better, all the ways, all the things that I incorporated into my life, exercise, nutrition, supplements, and so forth to get better. And then I'm going to share with you the essential oils I used, the protocol that I used, and how I really was able to lift myself up out of a very dark place. So my depressive episode began actually in the winter of 2015. 14, going into 2015. And there'd really been a couple of experiences in my life that led up to what eventually became a depression. And that was the loss of three huge losses in my life in a short period of time. So I lost my mother in, and then a year later, I lost my only sister who had Lou Gehrig's disease. 
And interestingly enough, I mean, that's not what killed her. She was diagnosed with colon cancer and six days later was gone. It was a total shock to the family. And then three months later, my only brother was killed in a car accident. Within a year and a half, I had lost my entire family of origin. My dad had, um, we lost my dad to cancer in 1981. So this had all happened in uh, 2012, 2013, like that. All right, so now fast forward to September 2014, and my husband has decided to go away for a year to do something marvelous, and I totally supported him. I was behind him all the way. He was the founder, one of the founders, of an incredible project called Ways of the Earth Living Museum. We talked for a long time about it. He said, you know, if I go, it means I'm going to be gone for a year, and but it's my life stream and so forth, and I was behind him 100%. So to put the shoe on the other foot, if I, for example, had an opportunity to go work, live in Corsica for a year working with the helichrysum flowers and distilling, there's no way he would say no to that. We really support each other's dreams. He uh, quit his job, and he went out to Indiana to work on this living museum where he would be putting together a village where people could come in and see how people lived in a primitive way. So in September of 2014, James headed out to Indiana for his adventure. Our son, John Luca, moved to London to do his studies for his master's degree. And I had just, the month before all of this, lost my pug, Sassy, of 13 and a half years. And those of you who have been my students who go back through my old Facebook know that Sassy was pretty precious to me. She was my sidekick for 13 and a half years with me 24-7 in the classroom, in the massage room. Please understand, I'm not trying to portray poor pitiful Polly here. I am actually pretty good with dealing with this and each one of these losses. I, I did really well, but I think it was eventually it was the accumulation and it was the just sheer number of, of things I had to deal with in a short period of time that took its toll. Anyway, initially in the fall, it was great. I was very busy. I had my certification program I teach in the fall and I have my grandson and I had a lot to do. Both my son and my husband did come home for Christmas. They were both here for about two weeks at Christmas time, which was terrific, but so awful when they left. So one of the things about the depression is it can be very subtle and very insidious and sneaky. I started to shut down, and the thing is I didn't feel depressed. I didn't even feel sad. I just felt no motivation. I started to sleep a lot. Then in April of 2015, I was on the Skype call with my son in London, and when the call was over, I walked out to the kitchen to get, I don't know, a cup of tea or something. And like a bolt of lightning, I had a panic attack. And if you've ever had a panic attack, it's one of the most terrifying things that can happen. It is like, it's kind of like someone turns on a switch that then cannot be turned off. The amygdala in your brain gets triggered and it starts uh, causing your body to want to pump out a whole lot of adrenaline because it's the fight or flight response. And so you're totally in flight mode. The thing is, there's nowhere to go and there's no imminent danger. It's just all this fear for absolutely no apparent reason. And it does eventually pass. And then you're left absolutely exhausted and drained from the experience. So there was a shift for me after that experience. I started to lose my appetite and I love to eat. So this was a big red flag for me personally. I thought, okay, if I can't eat, there's something going on. And the second big sign for me that something was off was I did not want to face the day in the morning. I have always been a perpetually optimistic, upbeat person. My parents used to call me Pollyanna. You know, everything's good. The glass is half full and it's probably full of wonderful lemonade. 
I'm just that way. I've always been very exuberant and full of life. I would wake up in the morning and dread the day. I just thought, how am I ever going to get through this day? So at that point, I James and I were in touch, and he was ready to come back, and I was ready for him to come back. So that was awesome. He, he came home at the end of May. And yet, this depression persisted, and I've since understood why. Part of it is my chemistry was so out of whack. The other thing is that we have neural pathways in our brain, and the more you focus on something and think about something, the deeper the groove it makes in your brain. So now I want to tell you how I got better. First and foremost, I want to stress that I wanted to get better. I knew that this was not who I really am and that I needed to bring healthy Liz back out and, and nurture her and coax her back out into the world. So I ended up slowly but surely creating kind of a, a wellness protocol for myself. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but that's really what happened. So the first thing I did was I changed my diet. I'm not a junk food eater. I don't eat a lot of processed food, but I stopped eating anything with sugar. I stopped eating anything with wheat gluten. I stopped drinking caffeine. I stopped all caffeinated beverages. And that may sound horrific. Ah, coffee, but I was too afraid of having another panic attack and I didn't want any stimulants. The second thing I did was I started to exercise and I'm someone who is not a big exercise fanatic, but I began to make it my religion to go to the gym every day for an hour. I actually just started walking outside because the weather was nice. It was spring and summer. I started walking a mile a day, two miles a day. When I walked three miles a day, I came home, I felt amazing and I knew that the serotonin had been raised in my brain and the feel-good endorphins were being released and that exercise was something now that I could not avoid. I also joined a gym, and funnily enough, I'm now training for a 5K in the spring. So the next thing I did was I started doing research on supplements that help to nourish and support a depressed brain. So I was taking, and still am, 1,000 milligrams a day of high-quality fish oil and about 50,000 milligrams, I think that's the unit, of vitamin D every week, along with multivitamin and, you know, glucosamine and chondroitin for my joints and, you know, good supplements like that. I also became really good friends with magnesium, magnesium citrate in a soft gel tab. I take two of those every night before bed and I sleep really well and very deeply. Luckily, sleep did not affect me during all of this. I was, I've always been a good little sleeper, but I did find that when I was in the depths of it, I couldn't stay asleep very well. So magnesium citrate really helped with that. Then the next thing I did was I started seeing a therapist who specializes in mindfulness. She taught me cognitive behavior therapy and a lot of mindfulness techniques. That has, was prob has probably been the single biggest tool, except for maybe with exercise, in my, uh, my recovery, my being completely healthy now. She taught me a lot about mindfulness, and she gave me a lot of books to read. And the one book that was really helpful in having me understand what was happening in my brain, because I'm somebody I have to dig. I have to know. It's not enough to experience. I have to know why. I first started, um, when I first started studying the chemistry of essential oils, it was because I had to know why do these things work. So I also had to know why. Why am I feeling this? What is happening in my brain? So I read a book called Buddha's Brain by Rick Hansen, and I'll put the link in the show notes. And that was tremendous in helping me understand physically what was happening in my brain and how I could also shift it so that something else was happening in my brain. I began regularly meditating. 
I began meditating and having uh, doing specific mindfulness exercises when I would feel the darkness coming in, when I would start to feel anxious. Tremendously helpful. I think I'm saying tremendously a lot today because I'm, I can't tell you how much all this stuff has been helpful for me. And finally, the last non-aromatherapy thing that I did. These are all things that I did that had nothing to do with essential oils or aromatherapy. But trust me, they were there all along the way. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute about all the ways that I used aromatics and which essential oils I used. So the last component of what I incorporated into my life that was missing was community. Anyone who works by themselves, who is what I call a solopreneur, who works alone at home, really has to be careful not to cut themselves off from people. My awareness of how much I'd isolated myself from, from community activities and from my friends came when a couple of very dear friends came around to support me when I was in the darkest of, of depths and dragged me out of the house to get a bite to eat, to go for a walk. I was in tears with gratitude that they hadn't abandoned me and that I understood how much we all need each other. So apart from the community that I have with my aromatherapy school and my students, which is a tremendous blessing to me, and there's that word tremendous again, I also have started doing things that are not work-related. I go to a watercolor class once a week for two hours, which is hilarious because I'm terrible, but it's so much fun. Every Sunday I go to the Unitarian Universalist Church, and I am very involved now with volunteering and doing service activities that I strongly believe in and that nourish my soul. So there's the story of my depressive episode, and my therapist kept telling me, this is just an episode, it will pass, and it did. Thank you for allowing me to be transparent and to share this story with you. I am so 300% better. I feel as though I really have returned to myself and actually feel as though I've returned to myself better than when I started out. Not only is my brain back on track, but I have adopted so many good healthy habits that now I really am doing them all the time. Anyway, let's talk now about aromatherapy and essential oils and depression. So I'm going to share with you the essential oils that I used and how I used them. And then I'm also going to just give other suggestions because there are a lot of essential oils that are very helpful and effective at reducing some of the uncomfortable symptoms of depression. And remember, the use of essential oils and aromatherapy, it's a complementary healing modality. It's not a cure for depression. So now um, I'll explain to you how I chose the oils that I used. I have three methods for generally for choosing any essential oil that I use. The first is by chemical family. I did a podcast back, I think it was podcast 008, aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash 008, where I talked about the chemistry of essential oils and I talked about the 10 chemical families. The chemical families tell a lot about the therapeutic properties of the oils. So I'll often look first, what is the chemical family? What effect do I want from the oil? And I know by looking at the chemical family that I'll get that. The second thing that I use, and it's not necessarily in this order, is I'll look at what energetic properties do I want from the essential oils. The energetic, emotional properties, and they're often, they go together, energetic and emotional. And I teach a course on the energetics of essential oils, so I have a, a whole lot of information about that. And so I'll go with what energetically is going to work with me. And I also go with intuitively what I just know, and, and often what I know already works for me, and what I know I like, or just I, my gut feeling is go ahead and use that oil. 
Remember, I've been using oils for 25 years, so I have a deep relationship with many oils, and I can often just put my hand on the one I need right away. All right, so the essential oils that there were five oils that I pretty much stuck to during my during my episode of depression that really helped me get through it. There were some others I pulled off the shelf, but I kind of stuck to these five. So the first was Melissa, and this is a very costly oil, but I tell you, when you need a big gun, you're willing to pay for it. It doesn't matter. You know, Melissa, Neroli, Rose, Jasmine, Helichrysum, all those really expensive, precious oils, they may come with a, a price, but they really do the job. And sometimes you all you, what you need is a precious oil to get the job done. And I knew Melissa was the one for me. So Melissa is in the aldehyde family. The essential oils in this family tend to be sedative. They're calming, cooling, and relaxing. Melissa is known clinically to reduce uh, anxiety, open the mind, and it also calms and cools an agitated state. Although I wasn't always agitated, I would definitely use Melissa when I would start to feel my anxiety rise. And so that was a great one to help me calm down, help me sleep. I love the smell of it. And I diffused Melissa probably almost every day. It was part of my morning ritual. I would get up, make a smoothie, take my vitamins, put Melissa in the diffuser, and take a couple of deep breaths and have it running for most of the morning. So, And then I would also do it again always in the evening. Like uh, I have a chair I sit in where I watch TV or read, and I would have it diffusing near my chair. So, And it's interesting because Melissa is not one that I often reached for, but I really was drawn to Melissa. I knew from my experience as a clinical aromatherapist and because I know the chemistry, I knew that it was appropriate for anxiety and depression and restlessness. So Melissa was really a big one for me. I also use Melissa because it's high in citral. Citral is a chemical component that has relaxing and antidepressant properties. The next chemical family that I looked at um, were the esters, E-S-T-E-R-S. And esters are very sedative. I mean, they're antispasmodic, although that wasn't my issue here, anti-inflammatory. And, you know, depression can also be an inflammation in the brain. The essential oils in the ester chemical family smell amazing. Uh, and the one that I chose particularly from the ester family is bergamot, which many people pronounce bergamot. I say bergamot because that's the way I learned to pronounce it when I was in Europe. It's citrus bergam bergamia or bergamia. And it is, it's a citrus and it's so uplifting. All of these citruses are appropriate for depression. Bergamot, lemon, orange, mandarin, they're all cheering, uplifting. They're great in a diffuser. If you use them on the body, be mindful. Some of them can be phototoxic. Uh, they increase your chances of getting uh, a reaction with the sun. Bergamot is one, though, of all of the citruses, it's one that works really well on anxiety. And I would say it is very powerful for depression. So I would use bergamot a lot in an inhaler, one of those little tube inhalers. I would also sometimes put it in a diffuser, but most likely I used it in my inhaler and take it around with me during the day and just breathe it in as I needed it. Whenever I could start to feel the little butterflies of, of either anxiety or if I'd start to feel myself just feeling gray, whip out the inhaler with the bergamot and take a lot of deep breaths, do my mindfulness techniques, say my positive affirmations. Bergamot is very powerful, and it really has a great action on the sympathetic nervous system. Oils high in esters can, all the oils high in esters can be really emotionally uplifting. The other essential oil from the ester family that I used a lot was lavender. Good old lavender. Gosh, is there anything lavender cannot do? 
So lavender is also very high in the esters. It is just like bergamot. It's sedative and so forth. It doesn't have as much of the uplifting properties as bergamot. Lavender is more calming, more sedative. And so that's a great one for the evening. And you know what I did with lavender? It was, I'm weird. I just do these odd things. I did it once and it was effective. And so then it became like a ritual. I had to do it every night. I showered before bed and when my hair was wet, I would take the lavender, put a couple drops in my hand, and then I just ran my the lavender through my hair. I kind of ruffled my hands through my hair. And then I would cup my hands over my nose and breathe in the lavender deeply. I relaxed really well before bed. And of course, when something works, you repeat it. So I did that most nights before I went to sleep. Other essential oils that are high in the ester chemical family that you may want to try are clary sage, another one that I turn to quite frequently, geranium, jasmine, Siberian fir, Roman chamomile, and lang lang. They're all very effective for depression and anxiety. They have a great rebalancing action on the sympathetic nervous system, and they're usually, you know, quite safe as well. The other essential oil that I came to really uh, rely on a lot for comfort was vetiver. Vetiver is in the sesquiterpenal chemical family. It is a root. It grows in Haiti, and it is traditionally very, very calming. It is well known for being a calming, grounding, earthy essential oil. It also corresponds beautifully with the base chakra. Often when people are in a deep funk, they have base chakra issues. It's the first energy center to be formed in your body when you're born, and it is your connection to your tribe, to your family of origin. So I knew that this was a, a key oil for me personally, having had a lot of issues of loss around family and tribe and my personal community. It's also deeply relaxing. The way I used vetiver was simply adding it to some carrier oil and rubbing it into my feet before bed. It was another one that I would mix in an inhaler and breathe it before bed. So let's see, I talked about melissa, bergamo, lavender, vetiver, and the other one I used was orange. I personally love sweet orange, and I use it a lot in the diffuser. It's one of those that I will I would add it to my vetiver, and I might put it in my diffuser with Melissa. I just tend to throw it in with every with other blends that I'm making because I love it so much. It is uplifting. It is cheering. It's always great for a depressed mood. All the citruses actually are uplifting like that. All the citruses are also great immune boosters because they're high in D-limonene. So orange was the fifth um, essential oil that I used quite a bit in my on my quest for better health. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up this segment of the podcast and just give you kind of a running list of essential oils that are good for uh, depression and anxiety, but primarily for depression. So I mentioned bergamot. Basil essential oil is very uplifting. It's also quite refreshing and and can help against depression and fatigue. If you have high anxiety, it may be a little stimulating, but it is great if you're really feeling down. I mentioned, I think I mentioned clary sage, which is in the ester family. That can also help with insomnia. That's a good one for anxiety and depression. Frankincense is great because it can slow down your breathing and it can help reduce feelings of fear and, and stress and anxiety. Jasmine is a very relaxing flowery scent. Most of the flowery essential oils like lavender, jasmine, neroli, rose, although they are costly, they are really good for anxiety and depression and sort of nervousness. All the citruses, lemon, mandarin, 
bergamo, what else am I forgetting? Grapefruit, sweet orange. They're all uplifting and cheering. Don't forget lavender. Marjoram is one that I like. It tends to personally make me very sleepy. So if you are having trouble sleeping with depression, put marjoram in your diffuser at night, maybe with a little bit of lavender, and that should help make you real drowsy. Let's see, what else? Roman chamomile is great also for anxiety. It is great for calming the mind and the body. It's another big insomnia oil. Sandalwood, very comforting, very um, helpful for stress, very grounding. It also helps work with the base chakra. Patchouli is another one that's a great base chakra oil if you're feeling, let's say, energetically depleted of life. Patchouli is good for that. Cedarwood is another great one. It's a wood oil. And finally, Lang Lang, which is very relaxing. And women respond beautifully to the Lang Lang flower, especially if there's a lot of sort of anger and rage. All right, there are several oils. Now, one thing I want to mention is, it, you know, it's important to use the oils that you like. Aromas and scents are very personal. And you don't want to use something just because Liz said in her podcast or because you read somewhere. Use something that resonates with you energetically, emotionally, physically. That use something that you like, that is a pleasure for you to, to use, if you, especially if you're going through a dark time. If you are going through a depression or you know someone who is, this is a really important time to pull out all the stops on self-love. Bring out the rose absolute essential oil. Don't save your oils. Don't hoard them. They're our friends. Many of them do not get better with age. So go ahead and use them and honor them and allow them to do their job to nurture your soul and your health and your brain back to vibrancy. That is your natural state of being. All right. Let's move now into the segment of the podcast I like to call Smell My Life. If you're new to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, Smell My Life is a segment where I share some way that I have used essential oils or hydrosols or some aromatic in my life in the past week. Now, this entire episode has really been about way that I've been using essential oils in one segment of my life. But I always have something else I can share. And very often it has to do with cleaning because I'm big into green cleaning. I don't buy any commercial cleaners. I, I make and use all my own cleaning products. And in fact, I have a, an online course called Green Cleaning with Essential Oils, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. So this week I cleaned out my silverware drawer. I pulled it out of the drawer, dumped out all the silverware, washed them all, and cleaned the inside with a little... Um, with the little sections are where you put the fork and the knife and the spoon. And what I did was sprayed the whole thing with Siberian fur, peppermint, and water. So I shook it up, sprayed the inside of it. Now, it's made of plastic, so it's nothing I would let sit in there forever because it would eat away at the plastic. But I basically sprayed it with my Siberian fur and peppermint water and wiped it out. Then I cleaned, of course, also the inside of the drawer and put everything with this same rag. I put everything back in. And now when you open the drawer, it smells awesome. So that's another use for essential oils. You can always use them in cleaning. Just be careful that, about using them on, on essential oils on wood products or things with varnish. That's it for today's episode of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode number 21 on depression. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a nice review. You can go to aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash iTunes and it'll take you to iTunes. If you leave a nice review, that would just make my heart swell with joy and happiness. And next week's show, 
Episode 22 is going to be all about the heart chakra and essential oils that nourish the heart chakra. So until next time, be happy, be well.